Welcome to, to the, the Millennialish Podcast with Manny and Nicole. We're here to tackle all things that need to be talked about and embarrass yourselves so you don't have to. Get ready to laugh and cry. New, New episodes every Wednesday. Hey, Manny. Hey, Nick Nicky. How are you this week? I am so good. So excited, and I'm so in shock that we're moving right along. Yeah, know? things are happening. Things are happening. They're flowing. Uh, planning, like all the behind-the-scenes stuff to make a podcast happen is just happening. Like today, what did we do today? Today, drum roll, please. <laughs> we had a photo shoot. It was the most productive and inspiring shoot and we changed outfits we got props it was real and we filmed like stuff you know like it wasn't just photos it was videos so some content some marketing content will be out there soon for everyone to see which is super exciting we're not going to be posting just memes anymore yeah on instagram that was kind of to you know fill in the gap yeah, relatable kind of, memes because, you know, we're relatable. <laughs> yeah, and we are going to ask you guys every other day just questions, you know, and we would love for you guys to engage and just ask us random questions that you want us to answer on here. Yeah, and I mean, this podcast is a, as much yours as it is ours exactly. because we're going to talk about what you want to hear, you know, like we don't want to like just have a podcast. I mean, we kind of do just want to have a podcast so we can talk and have that outlet. (laughs) But we, like, want to relate to you, you know, so we want to know what you want to listen to. I I mean, one day we'll attempt to do a true crime podcast. Oh, (laughs) yeah. A true crime episode or ghost story. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Uh, I'll talk about Ted Bundy. I love, like serial killer well yeah. okay i love i love killers. learning about serial killers <laughs> and cults and yeah. like all those kind of stuff so you know you never know you never know you never know honey so uh, that leads us to what we are discussing this week so we're gonna do uh, highlights of our week so we're gonna start off with you nicole what is the highlight of your week yes so my highlight let's see my highlight hasn't happened yet um, I am going to Chicago, mm-hmm. which is a very, very bittersweet thing. Um, mm-hmm. a friend of mine who was only 22 wow. passed away, um, tragically. a couple weeks ago, tragically. And he was someone that, like, I've known since middle school. Yeah. You know, it's different when you go to school with someone because, like, you're kind of forced to see each other all the time, you know, yeah. so you instantly are super close not on purpose yeah (laughs) so with my friend we did middle school and high school and we were in band together we did marching band um we did all the trips because of band and all that kind of stuff so you know i am flying to chicago because i'm just i can't believe that this happened yeah um but it is going to be a bittersweet trip because, one, we're going there for the funeral. But, two, it's sweet because I get to see some people that yeah. I haven't seen in, like, seven, five years. Wow, you know? yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to go out with my friends. And explore Chicago as an explore adult. Explore Chicago. Yes. Like, I'm staying downtown at my friend's um, apartment. 
and we're gonna go to bars downtown and last time i saw them we like couldn't even buy alcohol at yeah. the store, you know so you that's gonna be that's Aww. gonna be so interesting that's exciting yeah how about you awesome okay so my highlight was today i am officially registered as a california resident and it's official <laughs> dude and walking out of that dmv with those papers and just the registration and the tags um it's official i it was very emotional i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't realize how emotional it was and and i do you have I, a california id did you apply for one not yet okay okay so i will because starting next year you could only fly with the real id so i'm like i'm mm-hmm. gonna be we're gonna be flying all the time <laughs> so we're gonna need that yeah but yeah, it's so exciting. And I know I mentioned this before, but it's just so cool how 10 years ago I came here and I made it a goal to move here. And now I walked out of the DMV registered. A year later. <laughs> a year later. Yeah. Almost a year. Yeah. yeah. Almost a year. Wow. Good things are coming. Good guys. things are coming. Chase indeed. your dreams. <laughs> Speaking of being an official California resident. Today, we are talking about moving away, basically, period, you know? It doesn't, like, moving away from your parents, moving away from the country, moving away from what you've known as home, how it felt, how did you make the decision to move, um, the challenges, and how faithful God has been through that. Exactly, Um, and, like, my main point for that is... To help you guys see and inspire you to step out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You don't grow where you are comfortable. I, you know, not to like hate on my high school friends who stayed in Charlotte forever and ever and now they're there. I'm just like, like, yeah, you traveled and that's cool. But it's so different when you submerge yourself in, in, in another culture mm-hmm. and another city. And I just, I would not be as wise as I am today mm-hmm. had I not gone to all the places. I mean, I've little gone. did I know that California has a completely different like culture, you know, so like coming different. from the Midwest. Yeah. And like especially coming from the Philippines, yeah. you know. So, uh, you guys are in for a treat with our moving stories. Yes, and <laughs> I love it because we both have such similar geographic stories and timelines and so it's really cool that you get to hear from a colombian side and from a filipina side Mm -hmm. and just you know i have seen a lot of people i know recently make that move within the last two years and so we want to kind of talk about that and talk about what it was like moving in in the middle of pandemic Mm -hmm. and you know i guess let's start chronologically so you were born in the philippines yes okay so i was born in the philippines i did what's this city again I lived in Cebu. Cebu, okay. Yeah, so right. it's in, like, mm-hmm. the middle of the Philippines, and the country is literally just a bunch of little islands, Aww, you know? Amazing. Um, So our town, if I probably Googled it, it's, like, the size, like, our city is the size of, like... California? Oh, my gosh, no, like, really tiny. Like, everyone in my island, like, basically knew each other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was good and bad. I mean, like, I wasn't there to experience, like, the bad, like, the whole drama thing. Because I moved to America when I was 
11 or 12 or 13. I honestly don't remember, but I was in seventh grade. And this is what I thought America was going to be like. I genuinely thought school Mm -hmm. was going to be like a combination of Diary of a Wimpy Kid (laughs) and Mean Girls. (gasps) Well, of course, that's how every high school was portrayed. Yeah. So, oh, and Glee. I mean, Glee was, Glee. you know, I was already here, but, like, so you were, I still felt like... <laughs> you think I was going to you know, sing down the hallway? <laughs> yeah, like, I literally was like, I want to be in the choir, yeah. like, do all that music stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it was very interesting and very hard for me because yeah. seventh grade, I moved to the school, and I was just so anxious that I was going to be, like, judged and, like, put in, like, the friend group where... You know, like a diary of the wimpy kid oh, yeah. where, like, no one wants to sit with them at lunch. Where you have to like... sit in the bathroom stall. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of bathroom stall. Oh, no. I think the first two weeks of me moving to America, like, I would eat my lunch in the bathroom Stop. stall. Stop. That makes sense. Because I didn't know who to sit with. I didn't, like, I didn't want to sit with the wrong people, so I'd rather just not be in, like, the picture. Yeah. Um, Wait, and, picture? Oh, like, like, the... like in the lunchroom yeah. or whatever um but things i don't know what happened but eighth grade i decided to run for student council president nice and i won wow <laughs> um Not and that kind of started my journey of like confidence and yeah. like you know like i have always been like a doer a leader like make things happen you can give me a piece of paper and I can turn it into a castle you know mm-hmm. like yeah it's one of those things that like I just am very I feel like innovative you, you know are. I find like yeah and although so okay I did all that you know and I volunteered and like everything and this was in Illinois yeah I moved schools my junior year okay oh, so can hard. you imagine yeah. like doing middle school and like freshman and sophomore year with your best friends and then I have to move my junior and senior year. That's sad. So the same thing happened when I went to that high school, the new high school. Oh, no. And high school's worse. I was like, I don't know anyone. Like, how am I going to do this? Like, these people have known each other, like, basically all their life, you know? So the first week, I hid in the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, And... It's just, like, the people were just so different in this new school. And till now, like, I probably only have a handful of friends, like, from that high school. Because, I don't know, it was just hard to, maybe it was my own mentality, you know, of, like, not wanting to talk to many people. Yeah. But I will say, my senior year, like, I had a solid friend group. It was the best time. Um, And I did, like, I won senior council. I started a club. Like, I... Um, worked with a nonprofit, like all these wow. things like in my That's senior fun. year it was going to be the best year it was still the best year but half a year because I graduated early Ooh. I graduated early and moved to California oh my gosh yeah and what happened was my mom wanted to move to California and her friends were here and they said if you guys move to California then you know right out of high school we'll give Nicole a job wow and her husband um, my mom's friend's husband owns a startup tech company. So he literally, like, I was going out of high school wanting to do 
commercial music production yeah and be in like the entertainment industry you know and then I moved here and I fell in love with like software wow like developing apps yeah and it was just the craziest thing you know like my boss that time really mentored me and like taught me how to do these things and I learned so much about myself that like you know, I felt like I could conquer the world. And that's what I love about California and what I learned, like moving to California. People in California, one, have like a million side hustles. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And two, just keep dreaming, yeah. you know, and keep going after it. Yeah. Like in Illinois, I feel like people mostly stayed, yeah. well, in Illinois suburbs, okay? Yeah. Stayed in their hometown, worked for... Their parents. Their parents yeah, or, or their like friends. their um like the local places in their hometown. Um and then they just stop dreaming, you know? Yeah. Like I know some people that are working like minimum wage job minimum wage jobs that they've worked since high school, you know? Where's the and growth? it's like I don't know, I don't wanna say like like good for them that they're working, you know, like good for them that yeah. like they're not just sitting at home relying on mommy and daddy to provide for them, you know, yeah. like kudos. Like moving to California made me dream so hard oh my God, me that too. I didn't think I'd be where I am right now. Yeah. And the vibes here are just like immaculate. <laughs> immaculate. <laughs> um, like you just feel it in the energy that people are constantly wanting to do things, so wanting beautiful. to learn something new, wanting to meet people, wanting to like be outside create yeah you know so moving to california like that was the best thing that's ever happened to me i mean now i work my dream job i am able to say that like i've accomplished so much like at a young age so young and i just have wait one I have God to thank for that because he has made every move like possible and seamless and you know before I moved into the house where I'm at now like I hit rock bottom where to the point where I didn't have like the deposit to pay for like yeah moving in but like I needed to move out um but like God just said, let me take care you know, of it. Let girl. me take care of it. I was at the point where I was on my knees, begging and crying, like I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah. I know that you got me, so we'll see what happens. And then somehow, you know, the Lord blessed me with a deposit to move in. Wow. Um, I moved in and then two days later I got the dream job. You know, like it was a job that they asked me how much I was expecting for pay. And I give them literally, I said half of the amount they're paying me. Wow. Because I just didn't think, you know, like that was like that. So yeah, yeah, it's been just amazing. Um, America definitely compared to the Philippines has just so much opportunity and I can finally like say you know like I get the American dream America has so much resources like so much opportunity I get it I do too I get it like I don't think like in the Philippines I feel like I can't even imagine like living my life over there like I have family there my grandma's there a lot of my friends are there and I just you know love them to death but I could not go back and live there (laughs) me too I don't even remember what it's like living in Colombia because I was so young. I yeah, so tell me all about it. Yeah, I was born in Bogota, 
and lived there for my first seven years. And then we kind of, it was like a domino effect. So my aunt moved first to Florida and then my grandparents followed and then we followed them. And it was like, it was like very soon after. Mm-hmm. And I loved the transition from Colombia to America because so oh wait hold on let me retract that because my very first memory of being in America was 9-11 whoa yeah so we moved to uh, Boca Raton in Florida in July of 2001 and then September happened and like you my just expectation of America and the school and I mean I was seven but I still watched a lot of TV you know Mm -hmm. it was just you know like recess all day and you could talk to just whoever you wanted on the street you could wave hello to people in Colombia they would like shoot you you know Mm -hmm. it's just not safe literally Um, the philippines they know you're not from there they're gonna like scam you and like some would even stab you and steal your things exactly like Like in colombia like one time my aunt was in a cab in colombia just sitting in the back seat and her window was rolled down and someone on a motorcycle literally reached in and grabbed her (gasps) purse from the cab and stole it yeah and so we're not, all of us, most of us are here, um, with the exception of my grandma and a few cousins. But so first memory was 9-11. I was in the living room with my grandma, my brother, my parents, and I turn on the TV and it's the most gut-wrenching feeling mm. just seeing everybody cry and those buildings collapse and mm-hmm. and I don't know why I was sad because I didn't understand I didn't learn about mm-hmm. New York or you know the Twin Towers or anything in, in Colombia when I was seven so I didn't really know so I think I was sad that everyone else was sad and it yeah. was my first like monumental memory mm-hmm. of living here and yeah maybe that didn't start off good but I like every tragedy that happens we come together. Yeah. And so the world just like came together and we lived there until 2004, then moved to Charlotte, which is where I would say my my home is. Like that's where I went to finished elementary school, middle school, high school. That's where my parents are and it was amazing. I think God knew what he was doing when they moved us to Charlotte mm-hmm. because I don't know if I would be this, I guess, calm had Mm. I grown up in Colombia or Mm -hmm. Boca Raton, which is, like, really close to Miami, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay, define calm. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, I I, I If you know her. I know, right? love her. (laughs) Because I am a wild child. I'm a free spirit. But, you know, I didn't go down the deep end that just most – people go through growing up as teenagers in Mm -hmm. Colombia or in Florida. So I think I, you know, I definitely had my wild side and I had fun and all very responsibly. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I did get out of jail, but that's a story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Charlotte was amazing. Um, And then college, three hours away in Wilmington, a cute little beach city. So that was my very first time moving away from my parents house and 
I don't think I was born with the, with, how do I put this into words? I don't think I was born with the, like, fear, you know, that Mm. people have of, like, like leaving home. leaving and mm-hmm. i was just like no thought i was like, oh yeah, my let's gosh go. speaking like, of so leaving exciting. like i literally so filipino culture mm-hmm. um you as long as possible kind of live with your parents oh, yeah forever and it's like a running joke that like even when you get married you need to have a room for your parents in your house oh my gosh <laughs> um so me moving out i could can you just imagine you know like bringing or being brought up like in that culture and then telling your mom like oh I want to move out yeah so heart attack it was like I think I planted the seed like four years before I actually moved out and like gradually brought it up like every year wow and then finally the year it was happening um I like found a spot figured out work just the entire plan of moving and I told my mom and she was like what are you talking about I've been telling you for the last two, four years that I'm moving out and now I have a plan. So, Bird is leaving the nest. Moving out. Um, Yeah. And it was a lot for my mom to digest. Um, But it kind of worked out because when I moved out, I think four or five months later, she ended up getting married and moving to Seattle. Good job. So, yeah. Aww. How did your moving out talk go? Um, they drove me to college. Um, so I I remember my mom posting a very sad post when I was in the back seat of the car, and they were driving me to college. And that was the first moment I realized, like, oh my gosh, my mom is, you know, gonna be really sad that her Mm -hmm. firstborn daughter is moving to college. But um, honestly, that was fine. I think the next move that I made was. You know, um, after Wilmington, I moved back to Charlotte, and then I went through uh, a breakup that, you know, of course broke me, but it inspired me. Mm. So I started blogging, mm-hmm. and then that was my outlet. So then with writing, I wanted to be more um, adventurous and creative and explore more, so I went to visit one of my best friends in Denver, mm-hmm. and... Just, just to visit, had lunch with her and her boss and coworkers, and I got offered a job wow. at lunch. And, you know, I remember the question that she asked was, what's stopping you from moving here? Mm-hmm. Because I was, like, kind of hesitant. I was like, this is so abrupt. You just literally offered me a job yeah. to Denver, a city I never dreamed of living, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pulled the trigger. So I went, I went and moved to Denver, and I was there for two years, um, I loved it. It was amazing. And then after that, I became an au pair, which is a living nanny in Ibiza, Spain. Wow. And that, to this day, is still the best year of my whole life. Wow. It was almost a year, not a year, but it was just incredible. Um, I really didn't feel homesick. I was in such a euphoric environment and I had everything I could dream of I lived in a guest house next to a mansion had a car um the mentor which is my host dad 
he taught me one of the most valuable lessons still to this day, you know, just about being confident. And um, one time, I'm totally calling myself out here, but it's okay. He called me thirsty. <laughs> he was like, because obviously. But hey, that can mean a lot of things. I was not parched. I was like begging for attention for all these captains of his boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I feel like thirsty could also be like, because I see it now. Like you're thirsty for like learning for more. Yes, you but know? that's not the way he meant it. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> I think that thirst is kind of more of a hunger. Like mm-hmm. I'm hungry for just like, you know, but then he was like, Manuela, you can't just like bat your eyes at every guy who says hi to you and think that they want to marry Ooh. you. And I'm like, Karsten, have you seen them though? Like they're beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. Um, so that always stuck with me because I don't ever want anybody to think I'm thirsty, thirsty yeah. or like desperate. Uh-uh. So that kind of sparked up my like, you know, let me let let them come to me a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I, I've just always been. I don't necessarily think you know we live in a world where we can go up to guys now mm-hmm. and I've always been really adamant on that and I've done it so it didn't stop me um but yeah Ibiza oh my gosh I how long were you there almost a year wow and I did not want to leave so true story my best friend that I met over there in Spain she was also an au pair mm-hmm. and we both didn't want to leave each other Mm -hmm. so she had a brother and she was like um you should marry him oh for papers oh my god oh my i i contemplated it and we (laughs) and we researched and we were like what do we do i we me and him were talking about it we were just i was i do not want to go back to america um i was just couldn't believe that i almost did that but then i snapped back into reality and i was like you know, let me not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that didn't, you know, that didn't happen. But then, oh, so then this is the hard year. I moved back to Charlotte after that. And that was just, oh, it was weird. I was like, you know, living with my grandma mm-hmm. and I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. Oh my gosh. I am so thankful now looking back at where I am now compared to, you know, back then and I knew it was temporary but that's when you know when I moved back from Spain and back to Charlotte that's when I knew like I moved back there because that's where my people you know reside and that's where I've known my comfort Mm -hmm. and I knew if I went back there I could be comfortable Mm -hmm. but then I'm like I was there and I was like I don't want to live comfortable forever Mm -hmm. you know I want I want more I just I, I want more there's more I have more to offer I need the beach. I need mm-hmm. the beach. I promised myself I wouldn't live in a place that wasn't driving distance to the beach. Mm-hmm. It does so much to my mental health, to my happiness, to it just does so much. Mm-hmm. And to other people, they don't care. But to me, it's like a deal breaker. Yeah, I need it. And so I kind of was shopping around the idea of like, I've always knew I wanted to come to California. I just didn't know if. I wanted to go back to Europe again or, you know, maybe try Florida again mm-hmm. as an adult because I did see myself moving here to Florida. But you talked about the magic that's in California and it is so prevalent. You know, every time I'm out in L.A., I am 
a, first of all, a pop culture guru. So I know <laughs> all the drama, all the tea. I know who's dating who. Like, Nicole will tell me something. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> so, so you love L.A. I love L.A. You, I love. If you can be in L.A., like, most of the week, you will. I am. I was. I've been. <laughs> and I am not like that. Yeah. That's <laughs> I weird. love L.A. Yeah. But, like, I'm glad that I can choose when I go to L.A. Yeah. I love because I cannot with LA <laughs> yeah and and it's because you know I'm, I'm still new here so mm-hmm. it's still very you know fresh and we're in the honeymoon phase me mm-hmm. in LA right now you know so last year is when I moved here and people always ask me how was it moving during the pandemic and I don't think it was really the middle of the pandemic so I only experienced LA kind of not what I thought was expected because of the pandemic. Like a lot of places closed, you know, at eight or you could only be outside, which is the reason why I love LA too and Orange County and honestly all of California because everywhere has an outside section. Mm -hmm. Every bar, every restaurant, everything has an outside. But I really, I really, really commend all of you who moved during the pandemic. I feel like most people pulled the trigger during that time because they were just, you know, sick, cabin fever. They wanted something new. And I applaud those who moved and moved back. At least you tried. I applaud those who, when you first moved to that place, it was very hard. You wanted to move back, but you stuck it through. And now I'm sure you will be rewarded. So... The pandemic was interesting to say the least, but is. we made it. Is. <laughs> it is interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. We're still in it. <laughs> we really are, yeah. But Thanks, Amarion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been really fun and it really tests everything. It tests your faith. It tests your independence, um, your drive just that move is from you moving from your out of your comfort zone into a place that you don't know Mm -hmm. you don't know if you're gonna have friends you don't know if you're gonna like your grocery store or the gym that you go to it's just all very new but yeah guess what that's what's so exciting about it you know like would you rather keep doing what you're doing and know how your life is gonna pan out or have a mystery have a mystery like it's an adventure like every day is a new adventure you'll never know what's gonna happen you never like i went to the grocery store on sunday and i was so flustered because a cute boy talked to me and i'm just like this is my life you know like i go to a grocery store and literally anything can happen oh my god that was that was the day that Okay, something was in the air that day with our energy because that was the day that I went on a run to the beach for two hours, Mm -hmm. and then I went to lay down on the actual beach sand. Beach sand. Beach sand. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy came up to me. Right? Like... What? That does not happen. Like, he was was cute. He was tall, everything. I just am a big teeth person. (laughs) So... And I was... It's good to have standards, like, physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... That was, it's like just people going up to on the beach. Like, what? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. At the grocery store. Mm -hmm. It's because we're all happy here. We all have sunshine. I know, right? (laughs) It was just 75 degrees. Real question. 
So I know you were in Colombia for a short time, but what would you say was the biggest like cultural difference, like going to school there and then moving here? How different was it? Uh, I think, I think the education mm. was different. I went to private school in Colombia, so I, you know, I wish I remembered more. But I do remember being more laid back mm-hmm. in in the United States. Mm. Um, but ironically, I was in ESL mm. because I just, to me, talking or in, in grammar just didn't mm-hmm. didn't click. And then I had an ESL teacher, and she was amazing. And now, as you can hear, my English <laughs> is perfect. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, my Spanish is still really good, too. It's perfect. But I, I have come to realize that sometimes I, oh, my gosh, what's this word? Mm-hmm. You know? So, that's another part of, that's another attractive portion of moving to California is the Hispanic culture is a lot bigger here. Oh my gosh, even like Filipinos. Yes. Like I don't feel homesick to the Philippines because I can go drive half an hour and we literally have a Filipino town yeah. and like have Filipino groceries yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I need to go to a Colombian restaurant here still. Oh my gosh, We need yes. to do that. I think there's one in Dana Point that would oh be gosh. fun on Yelp. I love Dana but, Point. Oh, we gotta go. Yeah. I will say... So in the Philippines, okay, first of all, when I first moved here from the Philippines, they wanted to put me on ESL. Yeah. And they made me take all these tests. Mm-hmm. Um, little did they know, I grew up speaking English in the Philippines. Yeah. My grandma was a principal of a private international school. Okay. So people I went to school with were like from all over the world, you know? So we spoke English, but we also spoke our dialect. Um, but I did have an accent. Which I quickly lost, I think, like a month into living in America. Oh, I can't picture you with an accent. <laughs> oh, it's really bad. Really? I used to have an Illinois accent. Really? When what I is moved, that? first moved to California, I would say, like, okay, how would you say B O X? Box. Box. Yeah. Now I say it normally, but back then I would say box. Ew, like a New like Yorker. Pram. Like, pram. yeah, like my O's would be like ahs. Oh, yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. What's another word? I don't even know, but I literally found um, my senior year um, persuasive speech, and I'm like, I would say backpack is like backpack. backpack. <laughs> yeah, like backpack. I can't even do it anymore, <laughs> but I know it sounded weird. Yeah. I Okay. Another thing, school there and school here, like as I'd say like an elementary school student, like we learned the hard math in the Philippines. I'm like so we jealous. were so advanced in the philippines that like by kindergarten we had to memorize the keyboard whoa you know like i knew how to use a computer you times table by kindergarten um i think that was like first grade but we would have those that things like that we grade. fill out dude it's and then we have like penmanship class so oh. we would have a penmanship book and we would have to write in cursive like all like years of elementary school um let's see we had Oh, this is what I appreciate so much. We had this class called Hele, which is, I don't know what it stands for, but I think it's like home economics or something. Oh my gosh. Um, and imagine a fifth grader knowing how to sew, knowing how to cook, because that's what we did. 
we would cook, we would sew, like, it was, and it was the best, like, class that I'd have. And then on Fridays would be our PE days, and then we would pick, like, an elective. So it could be dance, it could be performing arts, it could be taekwondo. Like, we would do all that kind of stuff, like, in elementary school. That's, see... But also, in elementary school, I remember being a fifth grader, a sixth grader, a fourth grader, already going to the mall with my friends. Mm. And I had have a nanny, but she would just stay at, like, a coffee shop and just wait for us to, like, be done walking around, you know? But, like, moving here, it was such a culture shock to me that, like, I came here and I had to babysit my cousin because she was too young to be left alone. And meanwhile, when I was her age, I was out and about in the mall, you know? Oh, like in the Philippines? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. See, that's the opposite for me. We couldn't be, we couldn't cross the street alone in Colombia. Well. Get kidnapped. We couldn't <laughs> do that. I mean, yeah. you know, like I had to always have my nanny with me. Yeah, yeah. But. But she was like, like not a main character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like who knows if she followed us. Like yeah. maybe it's my imagination yeah. that she stayed in the cafe, but like I felt like alone and like just with my friends and super independent Aww. as like a fifth grader like That's in the mall awesome. yeah yeah oh my gosh you know what i just thought of hmm. did you ever have like a at your ymca did you have dances like middle school dances we didn't have it at the ymca we had it in the school okay ours was called jamming at the j whoa and we would it was a middle school dance put on at the ymca or at the JCC, which is like a Jewish community center in Charlotte. And I don't know why we went there. We weren't Jewish. It's fine. It's so much fun. And I remember when we were like slow dancing with the guys, mm-hmm. there would be teachers watching you, telling you to leave room for Jesus. And, and physically doing the, the, the gap. And I was like, what is this? Oh my gosh. Did you go to so, like a Catholic school? Or? No, it was public school. That's where I learned my dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> to leave room for Jesus. Leave room for Jesus. That's why I can't dance because they didn't let me be expressive enough. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude, so my first middle school dance, I was like traumatized by like the grinding lines. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I was like, let oh. me get on that wall. So funny. Oh, today, while I was at the DMV, mm-hmm. I was playing Let's Get the Spotty Started <laughs> and, you know, playing the TikTok. Mm-hmm. And this girl sitting next to me was listening to me and she was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot how much I love that song. I was like, I know, right? Like, I recently re- rediscovered it today. It was like, no, I used to go out to that song when I would go out in middle She was in middle school when that song oh came out. Gosh. I don't know. She's probably in her mid-30s or something. But she was like, I would play that song and go out. I was like, that's so funny. Like, I love that you're mentioning the nostalgia of the song because that's my goal. Like, right. We started this podcast and then I told did her you, all about it. Did you follow us? I was like. She didn't have her phone with okay. her. I was okay. like, you're at the DMV and you don't have your phone. Right. Yeah. Oh, it was charging. Okay. Um, In her car. But I was like, it's the millennial-ish podcast-ish. I was like, millennial-ish. Don't forget the ish. Mm-hmm. So maybe she will. But wow. she's excited. I know. So that was like my first hint of like, oh, wow, people are going to love. Mm-hmm. We're just going to only play like music, you know, whether it's in our Instagram, TikTok, here from 2000s and 90s. 
yeah, where we I mean, grew up. It's just it's nostalgic stuff. With. It's so much fun. Those are the yeah. best times for music. Mm-hmm. Honestly, okay. I don't know if I'm just getting old or whatever. I know what you're like... going to say. Music sucks now. <laughs> Compared to how it was, yep. And like... I mean, some songs are good, you know, like I love Billie Eilish. Yes. I love some of the new Justin up and coming Bieber, I love you. stuff. But like when I'm working and I'm playing music, I'm like so tired of listening to it. Yeah. But I literally stopped it and I turned on an audiobook about exactly how to be more personable, how to like be a person of authority, like, yeah. you know, just more motivational, inspiring things. Stimulating because, things. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to make a point. So I'm going to be vulnerable here and say one of the reasons we i personally didn't start a podcast sooner was because i was afraid that no one would listen to it you Mm -hmm. know i just had that mindset like why would anyone listen to me talk about my life and Mm -hmm. about someone else's life and then i stepped out of that thought process and i was like wait i am so sick of my music Mm -hmm. of I'm Mm -hmm. always looking to listen to something new and it's been a common comment that I've heard from other people so Mm -hmm. people are looking for new podcasts new things to listen to so I'm very confident in that we'll have some sort of engagement a lot of engagement the most engagement I know right like manifest it (laughs) and so I just want to you know encourage anybody who wants to do something and they're afraid because of what other people will think um, I'm not out of the woods yet of that thought, but <laughs> we did the first step. We're doing yeah. the first steps. We're, mm-hmm. we're out here. We're making our fourth episode. It's like, would you rather know, like live your life knowing that you could have done something right? or like you did something at least? Yeah. You know? like, and if you we tried. fail, then, then you try know, again. Then, yeah. Try Go again. Go to the next idea. Yeah. I you know, read, it's not the end of the world. Like, I read keep... um, this article from Tony Robbins and he said that whenever he invests in new companies mm-hmm. from entrepreneurs, he always like checks to see if they've had a business before that failed and Mm. if and if they had he is more inclined to give them that investment Mm -hmm. because when you have had something that failed you don't do it again Mm -hmm. so you just you learn you learn and I've had many failed projects that I gave up on because it got too hard or I took on too much or you know like just whatever other excuse Mm -hmm. and I'm done Mm -hmm. that's it no more excuses let's Do the damn thing, guys. Yeah. And to that comment, I'm going to leave you guys off with a little words of encouragement. Yes. So, one of my favorite quotes, and it changed changed my life, honestly. I'm going to be dramatic. (laughs) So, strangely, life gets harder when you try to make it easy. Exercising might be hard, but never moving makes life harder. Uncomfortable conversations are hard, but avoiding every conflict is harder. Mastering your craft is hard, but having no skills is harder. Easy has a cost. Wow. Wow, you guys. Having no skills is harder. You have a skill. You just don't know what it is. Everyone has one. Yeah, that's why you go out there and like you discover that. And your niche. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just love that quote so, so much. Wow. wise words from manny yes (laughs) um okay so now we always do this portion at the end of our podcast where we ask each other well the people ask us a question so manny 
What is the question this week? The question is, what is your love language? This is super interesting because I never thought about like the giving and then the receiving. Like you have two love languages. You do. Um, and I used to think for the very long time that my receiving love language was physical touch. Mm-hmm. But actually it's quality time oh my gosh you literally are me exactly (laughs) like i just want someone to go to the grocery store with like i want someone to get gas with me or like i want someone to sit across the room from me in silence you know and just be there yeah like the smallest thing yeah and then my giving i feel like i'm still discovering that i feel like i'm either random acts of kindness yeah or you like to cook for people so i think yours is acts of services oh yeah random acts of kindness that's not even a love language <laughs> acts of service yes yeah. acts of service yeah okay yeah acts, yeah. Of, service. acts of service i definitely yeah. love like hosting bringing people together like cooking for people and yeah. yeah i discovered mine um so my therapist in charlotte recommended i read this book called attached and oh my gosh wait is there like a magnet? Yes, and it's a heart. Yes, yeah. I have that book. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> it's a different attachment style. Yeah, yeah. There's like avoid Anxious, it and like, secure. oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah. that goes hand in hand with also your love language. So like exactly like you, growing up, I, you know, had a boyfriend for seven years, so I knew that it was physical Okay, touch. hold on, wait. It's so funny that your therapist like recommended that to you because my therapist recommended Are that to me too. <laughs> amazing we love mental health we love mental health um that was a weak high five thank you (laughs) that was still that was like a squishy um sorry my hands are clammy (laughs) so growing up I thought my love language was physical touch and then I started dating around you know like older men and I realized I love quality time Mm. and what I what made me realize that was last year I spent 2021 in doctor's offices and all I ever wanted to do was have someone come with me you know so I was like I would love for you to come to get my hand checked out with me to come to my x-ray appointment you know just like I think that is mine for sure quality time and then giving I love love spoiling my people I always get my friends flowers or like really good gift giving mm-hmm, you are and you remember things like yeah. that christmas present you got me it's like i told you about it like months before christmas yeah. and you're just like here you go yeah i did that with my mom too i just i know i like to be really intentional yeah and and just you guys deserve it you deserve it thank you thank you so that's definitely mine. And then my attachment style, I don't know now because I haven't dated oh, anyone yeah. recently. Oh, yeah, I need to. But a, mine like, before, anxious A. I think F. Mine was like anxious avoidant or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So you're anxious, so you looked for avoidant. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Like me too, exactly. And that's why I'm triggered because not anymore. I'm, I'm in my boundaries healing phase. But that's why I was triggered before whenever you know, friends wouldn't text me back or um, wouldn't ask me to hang out. And I would just take that so personally. And my favorite quote that I came up with is, it's never been about you. It's not going to be about you. And it never will be about you. (laughs) So don't take things so personally. Like, you know, friends not texting you back. That's something that, oof, 
I just hate texting. Yeah. So. Well, you guys. Thank you so, so much. I'm so excited for next week's episode. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram at the millennialish podcast and follow us on tiktok at oh, the yeah. millennialish we have podcast. a tiktok now we've got a tiktok tiktok boom oh my gosh okay yeah definitely follow us on tiktok mm-hmm. and uh, yeah thank you guys we love you we love you bye, bye friends bye.